Sports Radio 1043 The Fan. Every Saturday morning, it's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Terry takes you inside the outdoors. You know, hunting, fishing, camping. It's Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Now, here's Terry. All right, we are back, and we are going right to the phones. Instead of me rambling on, we'll let Nate Zielinski ramble on. Oh, I'm sorry, Nate. Isn't I it, like rambling. Isn't it good to have me back? Did you miss me? It is good to have you back. I did miss you. I always miss you. Oh, we always have good times. But I'll tell you what, I made a comment while you were on the phone with Karen talking there that next few weeks, if you want to catch fish, you got to get out. Oh, absolutely. I mean, Terry, if people people saw our Facebook page earlier this week, and we uh, we were just getting blown up on the phone. We've been doing a ton of lake trout, and, you know, we're catching fish into the mid-30-pound range. And to be honest with you, it's that time you we're getting multiple giant fish every trip. I had uh, a couple days, actually two days ago, I was fly fishing Stillwater at Spinney, uh, and we were averaging 50 to 55 fish per trip on a fly rod on big 20-inch rainbows. The walleye bite at Chatfield, Cherry Creek, Pueblo, you know, you're, you're having those opportunities at 40 to 80 fish a day. Um, it, it's absolutely, again, it's that time where everything is in full swing, and to be honest with you, as much as I hate the, the current weather we've been having, a lot of storms, a lot of cold. I mean, I've had blizzard conditions, you know, when I was in the high country, you know, for multiple days on end. But those colder temperatures are really dragging out a, an extremely good bite. You know, normally a lot of the colder water species that thrive, you know, those pike that thrive in that May time period, those big lakers that thrive in that cold period, um, you know, the rainbows when they're really heavy on conventional tackle because the flies haven't taken off yet. Um, a lot of those bites have that really great window in May, and then it kind of turns into a summer pattern and the other species really fire up. Um, having these colder conditions has really helped really do a really slow rise of water temperature and it's extended a lot of the colder water seasons so that's the one benefit about it even though it can be rough to fish in it is really made for an incredible spring um, of fishing and catching some of those big fish and again everything in the state right now is biting the bass the walleye the coconut salmon uh, i mean everything out there is is going very strong so it's, it's really neat to see those opportunities right now and the opportunities as an angler to, to catch some of those fish for sure well when you talked about those cold water conditions spring conditions and fall conditions tend to be with all the species where we catch the biggest fish and this extension in the cold water is really giving you the, I know you've been catching giant lake trout and pike, and it's really going to extend that. And you can still catch them later in the year, but now is a prime time. But now we're getting into the where the front range lakes are warming up, and I can't help but believe that the walleyes and bass aren't going off the charts. It is. The walleye bite especially is fishing extremely strong. And that's what we want to talk about on the show today, because I want to talk about rigging for walleyes. When it comes to catching walleyes right now, you, know, you have a lot of guys jigging. You have a lot of guys slip bobbering. But the mainstay to go out and have a high number day on walleyes is some form of a live bait rig. Um, and again, whether you're using true live bait or using artificial you know, imitations of live bait, a live bait rig right now is, is the way to go. And I wanted to talk about this because we get so many questions, you know, people emailing us, calling us, texting us, saying, hey, you know, I'm going to Chatfield, you know, how do I catch fish? And, you know, years ago you said, hey, you're using a live bait rig, which was basically a crawler harness. It was a two-hook harness had a couple beads on it, had a blade, and that was the technique. Now, there are so many variations, fashions of live bait rigs, um, and, you know, they all catch fish, 
but some of them catch drastically more fish than others. And I want to talk about that today. So when it comes to live bait rigging for walleyes, you know, you have a million options. You have a million accessories for those options. Um, and again, they all kind of have their their time and place of how you're catching fish. And when we go to Chatfield right now and having 60 fish days, we come back to the boat dock, you know, with, with limits of walleyes, and people – they don't get angry, but they're almost just frustrated. Like, I don't get it. I was out there. We caught, you know, 20 fish, which we thought was epic, but we don't have any keepers. And, you know, you have limits of fish, and you're getting bigger fish and more fish. And, you know, what's the deal? And, I mean, everything from weights to hooks to accessories. And we want to talk about that right now to tell you kind of when and where and, um, you know, what, what you should be doing with the live bait rigs to enhance your day and help you catch more fish. Well, take us through some of the techniques and how you vary them up. Absolutely. So I think the biggest thing that I think is probably the, the crucial thing right now is our water's still cold. You know, we're, depending on where your fishing wall is, your high 50s, low 60s. The true peak of that walleye season is going to come when that water's like 68 to 72 is probably our, our really prime window. But generally speaking, when the water is colder, we do less flash, less vibration. You do less things. You don't necessarily need less action, but you don't have as many bells and whistles on your rigs. And as the water warms up is when we start adding more of the flash, adding more of the vibrations, adding more of, again, the bells and whistles. So right now, if you're going to go walleye fishing, and you want to have that good day, I break it down into two techniques. Basically, I have the, the very common technique of slow death. Uh, so if you're not familiar with the technique of slow death, I actually use an eagle claw hook. So I use a trocar revolve hook as the name of it. But it's basically a very long-shanked Aberdeen-style hook that has a major bend in it. And you actually thread a live night crawler, or you could use a, an artificial worm, a plastic rubber worm, and you thread on that worm, and as that goes through the water, it spins, and it adds vibration, um, and it adds really subtle effects that these walleyes love. Again, it's not a lot of vibration. It's not a lot of flash. It just adds some movement to that bait. So right now, a slow death rig is very good. It's catching a lot of fish. So I use like a, like a size 2 um, eagle claw trocar hook. I thread a crawler on there, and you're basically pulling this through the water. Um, you, can, you can cast it and reel it back in. You can drag it from a boat, but I try to move it at a speed of like 0.7 to 0.8 miles an hour, um, and that technique's catching a lot of fish. Now, for me personally, again, everything I do is on the subtle side. So when I'm fishing that rig right now, I'm using a real small weight. You can use a sliding egg sinker. I use a cannonball weight. You can use a real small windy weight. But I have uh, I have my weight up there, then I run a barrel swivel, and I run about four and a half feet of line down to that hook. And that's my go-to rig. So just hook, bait, some leader, um, you know, and then uh, basically, uh, you know, that's your entire rig. Very small, very non-flashy. And I'm dragging that right on bottom. I don't drop my rod tip. I don't bounce it. I just drag it right on bottom. Um, now, if you get in a situation where your water warms up, you're getting to where the, you're hitting that 70-degree mark, that's when all of a sudden I'll throw a bead in front of that slow death hook. Maybe I'll throw a small blade in front of that, you know, a small willow blade, you know, smile blade, um, to where I'll enhance that, to where now I'm adding color, I'm adding a lot of flash, a lot of vibration. But again, for me personally, 
that comes with temperature. So as the water warms, my action starts warming up. But when that water is a little bit colder right now, really in the start of the summer season, I want a little less action. Um, the other rig that I'm running a lot of right now, and this is a very, very productive rig, um, I basically take two real small hooks. So I take two uh, Eagle Claw laser sharp octopus hooks. So two octopus hooks, and I run them in a size eight which is very small. Most people look at that and tell me I'm crazy, but I run two number eight octopus style hooks and I smell them. So they're tied together um, and I smell them about an inch apart. And I run that same four and a half foot leader up to a swivel, up to my weight. Um, and I, again, I'm taking a half a night crawler. I put the, the first hooks of the the hook closest to my weight on the tip of that night crawler, stretch that crawler out, put that second hook on there. I'll have a little bit of crawler hanging out behind that second hook. And I drag that on the bottom. Um, and again, very productive. Those walleyes come up the second they touch it, you got them. A lot of times when guys are running single hooks, you have to feed the fish. So as they bite it, you have to have to give them some line. It can get a little frustrating trying to really learn the hook set when using a single hook. Running those two hooks together, every time they touch it, you can swing that rod tip um, and you're going to have a fish on. The concept behind the number eight hooks, this is really crucial. When most guys are going out there with their live bait rigs, they're running a size four. That's the most common. Maybe they downsize a little bit to a six. But when you run those really heavier weight or the heavier hooks, um, naturally, again, they're heavier just because they're larger, more wire to them, they really drag bottom hard. So when you do that, now all of a sudden you have to use a bottom bouncer or some sort of weight to lift your whole rig off bottom. Uh, but, again, that big bottom bouncer down there, it makes commotion if you notice it. Um, it's just not really subtle. But by using those size 8 hooks, that bait is very light, and the natural kind of buoyancy of that crawler will actually lift those size 8 hooks off the bottom. So when I'm dragging my little rig like that, it's actually going to be up off bottom 4, 6 inches, and it puts me right in that strike zone. So, again, all I have is those two number 8 hooks held together, half crawler, and you're in fish and catching a lot of them. And again, just like the slow death, as the water warms, I'll start adding things to it. So all of a sudden I get in that higher, you know, 60s, low 70s. That's when, again, I'll add some beads in front of that rig, add a blade in front of that rig, add a smile blade, you know, Colorado blade. You can add things to enhance that, making it more like a harness, um, and you'll catch fish then. But again, when that water's cold, I keep everything subtle, and those are the tricks to, to having those higher fish count days and catching those bigger fish. Really small weights, and I'm not saying weight-wise they're small. I'm still running a half ounce, three-quarter ounce, one ounce weight, um, depending on the depth that you're fishing. But, again, I'm running a really small weight, so the fish don't notice it. Running lighter leaders, small hooks, uh, keeping everything clean and natural. Um, and those are the tricks to, to more fish and bigger fish on the front range of Colorado right now catch a walleye. I think you're absolutely right about the, you know, we get as we're, as we're getting more fishermen, more pressure, and more good fishermen, we have to make subtle changes and make it as natural as we can. One of the things I want to cover with you before we talk about some other bites, maybe, is that you mentioned it earlier, and that's the use of artificials instead of live live night crawlers. Um, I'm seeing it more and more, and there's just so many companies out there making great artificials that have both scent and they look good. And I think we're just going to see more and more of the artificials and less bait. Absolutely. I mean, you have a bait, you know, like the Berkeley, like the killer crawler. Um, that killer crawler, now all of a sudden you have a, a very similar to a crawler as far as the, the shape and the size. So it threads on all these hooks very easily. But then you have extreme scent and you also have good color. 
The other big thing that I think that's really kind of coming in play in the plastics in the last couple of years is you have a natural rubber, which will sink, uh, but now you have floating bait. So when we're talking about making it easy on the fish to feed, you can now add, say, a floating piece of plastic. It looks like a live, a live night crawler, but it floats. So now when you put it on that rig, again, you can run those smaller weights, and you could add that floating plastic to where you can really dial that bait in. You can have a particular day where the walleyes are sitting in a, a certain spot, and you can say, hey, by having a four-foot leader, my bait's going to swim seven inches off bottom. By toning it down to a three-and-a-half-foot leader, my, my crawler, since it floats, will be four inches off ground. But you can literally get it that extreme where you can place your bait literally in the mouth of those fish, making it easy on them to catch more fish. So, again, between the scent, the color, options of floating and sinking, uh, I agree. That world has taken off. There's a lot of options. You're not dealing with live bait, especially in summer temperatures where you have coolers and ice. Um, there's a lot of options there, and it, it's very nice to, to see that, and they definitely do catch a lot of fish. Hey, before I let you go, um, it's supposed to be really nice the next few days, and I know you've got that big lake trout and pike bite going on, and we'll give people the information in case they want to book a trip or get more information for you. But if I just want to head out for a day trip and catch some fish, give me two or three places you might go. Absolutely. You know, a trip to Chatfield right now. I know it's Denver Metro, but you can be on the bank or you can be on a boat out in the lake. The walleye bite is strong on structure. So any sort of structure change, deep to shallow, the bait fish are there, you're going to catch walleyes. The smallmouth now are, are really doing well. They're getting some post-spawn fish. You're getting spawning fish. So, again, the shorelines for the smallmouth, whether they're in a spawning or post-spawn state, um, you have a lot of options from shore. So you can work the whole dam face um, and catch a ton of smallmouth. So between the smallmouth, the trout, the walleye, Chatfield is a great place to go. Other option, Pueblo Reservoir, run down south. Again, between the bass and the walleye in that shallow water, um, you can't help but catch fish at that, that fishery right now. So that's going to be a great option. Uh, then the other thing to think about, if we talk about Chatfield and you're struggling, we have league this coming Wednesday night. We keep talking about it, but from 4 p.m. to 8 p.m., it's $20 a person to get in a league. We have walleye league, bass league, and carp league. If you want to meet some anglers, find a fishing partner, um, really just get information on the front range fishing, think about coming to Chatfield this Wednesday evening. You check in between 3.30 and 4. Uh, it's a small little fishing event. We would love to have everybody at Chatfield for weeknight. Again, this coming Wednesday, uh, you go to our Facebook page, grab more information. And then lastly, guys, we have Father's Day coming up. We have a ton of people calling us to get some gift cards. Uh, if you're one of those people who wants to get a great gift for Dad, Think about a guided trip with Tightline. We would love to uh, to help you out and make sure we make his day uh, special as he's made a lot of our days uh, for everybody out there. So, again, if you're thinking about a Father's Day gift, think about a, t- a gift card with Tightline Outdoors. We would love to, to get that in the mail and get it to you so it's uh, on time for upcoming Father's Day. And uh, and for everything you have to offer, Tightline Outdoors on Facebook, tightlineoutdoors.com, right? That's it. We'll see you, my friend. We'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Nate Zielinski. We'll take a quick time out. We're going to take you up to Blue Mesa Reservoir and what's going on up there on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. We're going right to the phones. And joining us from the uh, Blue Mesa Gunnison area is Robbie Richardson. And, Robbie, you uh, do a lot of your fishing on a lake, Blue Mesa, that... Last fall, there was a lot of concern. The water was lower than we'd seen it in a long time. The uh, 
the water was getting warmer than we've seen in a long time, but what a difference a good winter makes, huh? Yeah, it seems like it's the winter that never ends up here. Yeah. For the whole state, I guess. <laughs> it is. And, you know, as much as a bunch of us have said, I want better weather to get out, it's going to do wonders for that lake and fishery. Why don't you, let's start out, fill us in on what are the water levels and what's it going to look like this year? Well, we are sitting... I can't remember the numbers keep changing so often, but just uh, far above our, our normal snowpack, which I think is pretty much the case for the whole state. But we haven't even really gotten into that high mountain, uh, high mountain snowpack to start melting yet. All it's been is low elevation melt and we've already come up 37 vertical feet in the lake. So we're sitting around 45, 46 feet low and they're actually doing a, uh, a flush downstream for the lower Gunnison in the Colorado. But uh, after that's over, we're going to see the lake sometime in early July peak out. They've been saying 96% full, but um, we've had a few storms since that that was said. So it should be darn close to full regardless um, of what happens in the next few weeks. And boy, does that fishery need it, and that is such great news. And it expands the lake. Now, I'll get into a couple things that can do to the fishing, but... One of it, it's probably both the cold air and then the starting of this water running has probably kept the temperatures down, right? Yes, everything's been delayed. We we didn't get uh, boats on the lake till I think it was April 28th. Uh, so that's anywhere from two to four weeks behind. And I would say our temperatures are pretty reflective um, of that late start right now. We're actually, I'm out on the lake with my wife and uh, it's 54.5 degrees. But in the mornings, it's kind of starting off around 49, 50 degrees. And only in the last, you know, three nice days that we have has it shot up into that 49 to 54 range. So uh, we thought this would maybe hold the, you know, the trout on the shorelines. But with the water level coming up as fast, it was going a foot, foot and a half a day. Um, As it did, the trout kind of held, you know, where they started off this spring when the water was the lowest. And so a lot of our trout are out suspended or holding on structure um, 30, 25, 35 feet deep. And you're speaking of browns and rainbows when you're saying that, right? Correct. And and we know, you know, it's famous for lake trout and kokanee, and we're going to get to that. But it's, I think, sometimes underappreciated for the browns and rainbows. There's a great trout fishery there. Yeah, I'd say it's one of the most underrated brown trout fisheries in the state. Uh, not so much for quality, but just for pure action. I mean, you can come out here uh, on a typical spring or fall day and put anywhere from 30 to some days you could put 70 to 100 trout in the boat if you just pound the shoreline. So just a, a great opportunity for action, even if you're not the most experienced uh, trout angler. And you and I have talked about this in the past. When that bite is on, it's like bass fishing. It is, yeah. You're throwing jerk baits, crank baits, uh, jigs. Uh, the options are kind of endless, but yeah, you get to fish them just like you would for for smallmouth or largemouth bass in the spring. Let's talk about the fish that are the most prevalent. Another thing that happens when water temperatures are delayed and when the water levels are changing drastically, it tends to it tends to disperse the fish for a while, and the anglers at times will struggle to find those fish until they settle into some patterns. What's going on with first, let's talk the lake trout. Yeah, so, you know, the, the bigger lake trout, they're sensitive to temperatures above 50 degrees. So until we see 
water temps hit that mark, they pretty much have free reign of the lake. Uh, and with that said, we don't see a lot of stratification in the water column um, until that water starts to warm. So this spring, the lake trout was uh, it was probably one of the tougher springs I've seen uh, just with the instability of the water levels coming up. And then the water temp would shoot up, uh, you know, when we had a couple nice days and then drop back down when the storms came in. And what we were seeing the lake trout do, and you'd have a few pulling into shallow, you know, structure spots on the shores, but a lot of them were just cruising uh, anywhere from 15 to 60 feet deep out over deeper water looking for rainbows and kokanee. So it, it just, it made everything real inconsistent. Uh, even when the fish, when I'd find them pulling into a spot, it would be, they'd pull in for an hour maybe 20 minutes feed and then move off and you'd never see them in that spot again. So it, it made for a lot of hunting instead of fishing for the first three weeks of the season. But I, guess, I think recently though, you really got into some nice fish, right? Yeah. Yeah. Things are starting to stabilize and it's, you still got to do some hunting, but uh, I had a client out the last two days and we didn't have any giant fish, but we put, I think 15 fish between 10 and 24 pounds in the boat. So uh, pretty good numbers um, and, some, you know, some pretty nice fish mixed in there, too. Makes for a fun day. And you were jigging with tubes, is that right? Yep. We were ver- all vertical jigging. We didn't do any trolling, um, just hunting them on the fish finder and then trying to figure out what, what cadence or what action those fish are wanting. Every day it changed, too. Color changed. Uh, the way we were working, how fast our cadence was changed. So you had to experiment, but as long as you played around a little bit, you could usually figure out something that was going to trigger those bites. That sounds awesome. Those are pretty nice fish, even though you say you're not finding the giants yet. Lastly, the kokanee. <laughs> what do you see in there? So the kokanee, we're seeing kind of a similar thing. There's no stratification in the water column, so they can be anywhere. But uh, they're sick of winter, and they're starting to show up in that upper part of the water column, uh, you know, the warmest part of the water column. So First thing in the morning, those fish are usually anywhere from the surface down to maybe 15, 20 feet deep. And then as the sun comes up, um, it seems like you can get into them. Still, you'll find some on the surface, but the the water column, or at least where they're hanging out, expands down to about 30 feet right now. And there's definitely, like I said earlier, the trout are mixed in deeper. So when you start getting into that 15 to 30 foot range, you get a lot more trout mixed in. But as long as you keep cycling through some lures, you'll get some kokanee to bite as well. Robbie, we're out of time, but why don't you tell people your, about your organization and where they could hook up if they want to book a guide trip? Yeah, we're Sportfish Colorado. We offer fishing trips across most of Western and uh, Central and Southern Colorado. And uh, you can check out our website, sportfishcolorado.com. Or if you got any questions, you can give me a call or a text at 719-649-3378. All right, my friend, thank you. And uh, I need to get up to Blue Mesa. It's been forever. I think this might be the year. Give me a holler, Terry. I'll get you out. Hey, I will. We'll, we got to get in the boat together. Thank you, Robbie. Thanks, Terry. Robbie Richardson, Sportfish Colorado, knows those waters. Use them as a resource. We'll take a quick time out. And speaking of resources, one of our favorite resources in the shooting industry, JR is going to join us from Colorado Clays on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. You're listening to Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and we are going to go right to the phones because waiting patiently, one of our favorite resources from Colorado Clays is uh, J.R. Pierce. Good morning, J.R. 
Good morning, Terry. You know, wow, the voice came through you. It must be on a really good phone. I look for a lot of bars of signal, Terry. And I got to say, of all the things you've called me, resource might be one of the nicest. Yeah, don't get carried away with it. But, you know, speaking of calling you nice things, I was talking about Bar Lake earlier, and I even mentioned that you go out there and catch a bunch of giant fish and that you're showing me pictures of them and that it is one of your favorite fisheries. In fact, I know we're going to talk about some other things, but you have an event coming up out there. Uh, Terry, that is right. It's my favorite day of the year, too, of all the tournaments and fundraisers and things we do at Colorado Clays. The Colorado Clays Cast and Clays Tournament is just a fantastic opportunity for the outdoorsman that loves to fish and to shoot uh, to do both of those activities in one day and enjoy it in that tournament atmosphere. And tell us, uh, go ahead, tell us when it is and tell us how it works. Well, Terry, turns out it is tomorrow. I do have two slots left. Um, unfortunately, you're not going to be in town to do it with Karen because the way she shoots and fish, you would have a pretty good chance of that money. But oh, basically, after I was nice to you. <laughs> I know. Sorry, my fault. But a two-person team is only $100, and that covers your fishing at Bar Lake in the morning, a steak lunch at Colorado Plays, and uh, shooting in the afternoon. Uh, that in itself is worth the price of admission, but I got to say, thanks to Transwest GMC, uh, big money at the top for many places and biggest fish and such, uh, Bass Pro Shops Denver always jumping in, not only with a ton of merchandise, but with special categories for co-eds in the outdoors, even, um, you know, parent-child things. So definitely all about the family thing, and so is Cass and Clay's event. Nate Zelensky is going to be there. We love having Nate. He always helps us out with stuff. Joe Ramos Law. Everybody's heard of Ramos Law. He is paying for that steak lunch for everybody that enters that. And, of course, thanks to Michelle at Bar Lake. And absolutely thank you, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Well, it's just a great event, and it's so much fun. And you, you, you tally up the inches of fish you catch and the number of clays you break and if you're proficient in either one and can just hang on in the other, you're right in the mix. Absolutely. And, you know, and that's what's great about this tournament is on any given day, uh, any given boat, any given person, you have a chance at this. And regardless, uh, there's just so many other categories. And the way we run the tournament, uh, there's a chance for everybody to have uh, a chance at prizes and spend the greatest day on the water and at the range you can imagine. Now, if people want more information or they're interested, where do they find it? Uh, you want to ent enter the contest or get information, just call the range, 303-659-7117, and we'll get you on board for tomorrow. And they can go to coloradoclays.com to get that phone number, too, in case they're driving. So uh, let's Absolutely. Real, real quick, while we still have some time left, I know you've been doing a lot of research, and a lot of it started with uh, turkey guns. You've been patterning shotguns, and you wanted to share some things with us. Yep, and you know, Terry, that kind of falls into one of our um, frequently asked question categories. So, of course, everyone knows Colorado Plays is Colorado's premier public shooting facility. We feature the finest in rifle, pistol, trap, skeet, and sporting clays. Uh, we offer those opportunities to everyone all year long, and uh, so anybody can take advantage of that. But another amazing tool that we do offer is our shotgun patterning area. And our padding area consists of a wood backstop. 
It's capable of holding up to two 42-inch square cardboard or paper targets at a time. Uh, we have yardages ranging from 20 to 50 yards from the backstop, and that'll accommodate most any type of patterning or testing you want to do. Uh, we also furnish a picnic table for your gear. Uh, we have a gun rack there for your gun or guns and a parking area very close so the access is easy. Uh, it's only $10 to use this extremely valuable tool, and um, with a simple call, you can reserve a time on this field. Now, Terry, whether you're looking for information on your particular gun, like a choke, load, and distance combination, or even just confirming that your gun actually shoots where you aim, which is really where everything starts, um, maybe verifying the best gun mount, uh, shooting stance, or shooting position for what you're doing next, of all that priceless info you may acquire from this experience, perhaps the most valuable uh, thing you may take away will be the confidence you gain having this information the next time you go out shooting. Well, and I think you're also cataloging cataloging a lot of this information. And over the next few months, we're going to have a lot to share with people. Absolutely, Terry. I started kind of taking this a little more serious because it's very important, um, not only uh, you know to every shooter, but individuals uh, are interested in knowing what combinations get what results. And some of it may be surprising, so we will definitely have some data to offer coming up the road here. And, you know, and it's great data. And even the way you present it, and when you say you're taking something seriously, it's usually time to move on. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, but right. seriously, we are running out of time. But whether they want to come shoot rifle, pistol, sporting clays, trap, wobble trap, skeet, pattern their shotgun, or get involved in the uh, the um, cast and... Uh, Clay's contest tomorrow, which is just an awesome opportunity. How are the best ways to get a hold of you, my friend? Well, certainly go to the website, Terry, coloradoclays.com. Uh, if you wonder what our facility is all about, you have to take the virtual tour. It is just worth the time to watch. It'll really show you what we do and how we do it. And, of course, always feel free to give a call, 303 659 7117. Everybody there can answer your questions. We'll definitely get you going. All right. And I do have to be nice to you because you did call and invite me underwater and I couldn't go. Yep. So um, we'll just be careful. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my friend. We will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, J.R. Pierce from Colorado Clays. We're going to take a quick time out. When we come back, we're going to do a tackle talk with a bait that you can use right now during these bites that are going on up and down the front range right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors on 104.3 The Fan. It's time now for Terry's Tackle Tip of the Week. All right. It is time for our weekly tackle tip. And joining us from BioBaits is Eric. Good morning, Eric. Hey, how's it going? It's going great, and we're going to talk about a bait from BioBait, and we'll talk more about the company, but you're a Colorado-based company. Give us the quick version of what BioBait's about. Sure, sure. Uh, a big one is definitely uh, conservation and performance. Uh, we kind of set out to try to uh, eliminate plastisol in a soft plastic, which is kind of crazy, but we have a uh, basically a plant-based formula now that's infused with a fish oil. Um, it's more tear resistant than plastic and, uh, it never dries out either. So it's a, it's a great scent based, uh, formula. And you guys are right from right here in Colorado, your local guys, yep. but these baits are sold nationally and we're going to focus on just one today, but I got a feeling we'll get you guys back on cause I'm excited. I'm going to start fishing some of these baits and 
in my hand, I have a package of your leeches, and I know this is one of your favorites and one that you think now is we're getting into these warm water species really taking on up and up up and down the front rent range that you think is going to be an excellent bait. Why why do you feel is it that you fished it that much or is it you just think it's tell us why it's going to be so effective. Yeah, yeah, I I think uh you know for us since we are local we're out of Littleton. Um you know we we go and test on all the Denver metro lakes, right? So Chatfield, Cherry Creek, uh uh Quincy, all these areas and you know you you get into some of this stuff to where um, you know, you, you want to make sure that that bait works and produces before we, you know, we purchase a big production mold that we can, uh, we can kind of tweak and make sure it's perfect before that. So we went out, we took these leeches, um, especially Chatfield and Cherry Creek, and we wanted something that had a lot of action, but it was still a very subtle action, if that makes sense. So it's, it's got a real natural lifelike, uh, movement to it. And this time of year, those leeches are just on fire at Chatfield. Um, it's about that tight structure that those fish are starting to hold on and, and really picking off every fish in a pile when you do locate them. Um, it, they really just can't resist it. It's just so natural. Now, what size and colors are these leeches available in? Sure. Um, it's a 3.75 has been my go-to for the smallmouth and walleye. Uh, and then we have a 2.5 uh, for like a crappie, a trout bite, or Sometimes, heck, you can just downsize a little bit and really tear up those uh, smallmouth and, and walleye on them as well. I'll bet, you know, the white bass are on fire at um, John Martin right now. I'll bet these hooked on a jig head would be incredible on those white bass. Oh, yeah, big time. And, you know, for uh, for walleye and smallmouth, too, we'll take them on a Lindy rig. We'll just kind of nose hook it on a jig head. I mean, literally fish it like it is a, a live leech. Or we'll do a drop shot with them, which has just been on smallmouth has been very effective. I know we went up north and we started catching big rainbows uh, on drop shot in our leeches, our 3.75-inch one, too. It kind of caught me off guard a little bit. So what colors are they available in? Yeah, um, we've got a black color, a green pumpkin, uh, which is really imitates a lot of the leeches that are out there. Um, you've got an ice color. It's really almost kind of transparent. Uh, for a good clear water bite, we have a pink one, amazing on trout, really good on smallmouth and the bigger size, so 3.75. Uh, and we have a slime color that's just a walleye destroyer. It's a chartreuse green, and that, that one, the one I can't resist that. Well, and you know, you talk about these, you fish them like a live leech. I can see, I love to throw a leadhead jig, and there's a fat enough head on these where I could see that I can easily rig this on a jig. You talked about drop shotting. Um, there's just a myriad. You could fish these under a slip bobber with just a hook. We, we've we done it before, yeah. We we actually had some feedback from a couple guys that went into uh, um, uh, Shields last, about, well, it was about a week, week and a half ago, and they picked up some of the leeches, and they just threw them on a bobber. And it, it was a little windy and choppy, so it just kind of let it drift and have a little action to it. And they said they were out fishing the regular leeches from a guy that was, you know, about 20 feet from them. So uh, I have a lot of confidence in that bait. And, uh, I mean, if people are fishing live leeches, these are a lot stronger. Uh, They last a lot longer uh, opposed to a regular plastisol that will tear. And, I mean, the the performance is just unbelievable. Now, you claim BioBait has got fish oil infused now, how does that oil get into the water? Some oil-infused baits, there were questions about whether they got the scent into the water enough. You've overcome that. 
Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, if you were just to take a standard plastisol and put scent in it, right? I mean, yeah, that would smell for the fishermen, but not really, it wouldn't be water dispersed. Um, for ours, since our formula has been made to be water soluble, uh, we get those little uh, little particles that'll basically chip off that bait very slowly when they're underwater to where it, it's going to do a really tight cloud of scent. So that way, if a bait fish or if a fish is in the area and you're surrounded by bait fish, it's a tighter cloud to where that scent is with those uh, amino and bile acids that are in there to where that fish can really hone in on that bait and it's a good tight clouded pattern to it. Now, if people want more information on BioBait, do you have a website? Yes, absolutely. Uh, Biobait.com. And also we have, if you guys are up north, I know Shields we just reordered. Well, I think we've sold out of leeches three or four times this month up there. So I just dropped some off at Shields uh, two days ago, so make sure you check that out. In Denver Metro, uh, we have Discount Tackle. I'm actually on my way as we speak uh, to drop more off over at Discount. This and stuff say, has just say, been... say hi to Austin Parr. What a great angler he is. Oh, absolutely. And Absolutely. so when you get these, and you you also are on other social media, quickly tell us about that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're we're launching a lot of YouTube stuff right now on uh, uh, how to fish it, how to rig it, different techniques, all filmed here in the metro area. Uh, and then we also, uh, Instagram and Facebook, we do giveaway contests and tons of information all the time. So um, if you guys have any questions or you guys have a question about any of our baits or a certain type of bite that you guys are having trouble with, uh, feel free to send us a message, and, and we are avid Colorado anglers. We're here to help. Well, we're talking today about the BioBait Leech. They make a number of other bait shapes. I'm sure we'll talk about more. Eric, thank you so much for joining us. We'll re, we will repost this Tackle Talk on my Facebook page also. Awesome. I appreciate it. All right, my friend. Maybe we can go out and fish some of these together soon. Hey, I'm ready. Any excuse to get out of work for a couple hours, I'm in. Quick Especially question. What, what made you guys get into the bait business? Uh, conservation, you know, we're, we're avid anglers and, and really conserving our, our waters since more and more people, you know, we, we asked for more people to get into the angling and we kind of got that. Now we're thinking, okay, well, it's, it's time to start worrying about conservation and making sure that we have a product that'll break down underwater, you know, within a, a couple year range opposed to 250 years. Uh, the sustainability chart that we're on now with our product is much more, uh, feasible than what we're doing, what we have been doing. All right. Great, so, great, great information. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. We will talk again very soon. All right. Well, I appreciate it and take care. You bet. That's Eric from BioBaits. Um, I've got a bunch of these baits. I'm going to fish them. I've heard nothing but incredible reports. Bernie Keefe is fishing these BioBaits. Uh, Brad Peterson is fishing the BioBaits. I'm going to really put them to the test this summer. This leech, I've got it in my hand right now, looks phenomenal. I'm going to give it a test, but all the reports have been Great. And as you said, they've got them at Discount Tackle and they've got them at Shields. So stop by. And when you stop by, tell them you heard about it right here on Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. That helps us partner with these people. We're going to wrap things up. We covered a lot of ground today. We covered a lot of information. Uh, It's fishing time, folks. I mean, you know that I say every season is my favorite time. But if you just want to catch fish... The next six weeks are going to be the best time. The mountains are going to open up. The warm water species are going crazy. You might not catch as many big fish, but you will catch fish. This is the time to get out there. Free fishing this weekend. Get a kid out with you. Go fishing. Enjoy it. We have diverse fishing in Colorado from little ponds 
in your backyard. Go to the Facebook page, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors, and watch that little pond tip I gave for catching bluegills. And follow us on Facebook, Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. And join us every Saturday morning on 104.3 The Fan for Terry Wickstrom Outdoors. Stay tuned as the Eagles take us to the top of the hour in sports on 104.3 The Fan. 